1: Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, brought to you by Zwift, the cycling app that makes training fun, because fun is fast. Unless you've got no brakes, it's fucking terrifying. It can be a little bit scary. Uh, I'm Graham Wilgoss in the company of Bradley Wiggins this evening. Brad, a little bit of history made today.
0: Yes. Uh, Someone equalled great Eddie Merckx's record in 34 wins, the Tour de France. A very good friend of yours. Mark Cavendish, yes. And we were all there to witness it and i'll introduce another man who's here with us on the podcast is the man who led him out to his first stage win 13 years ago on the 9th of july which is today in uh
1: chateau rue thanks for having bernie me eisel. bernie eisel welcome to the bradley wiggins show
2: thanks for having me and especially for interrupting right now but also i absolutely impressed it was a 9th of july 13 years ago yeah. Great right to know. Yeah, thirteen years ago.
1: There's a lovely symmetry you were saying earlier, Bernie, to Cavs' career. 9th of July, thirteen years ago, stage number ten for him in the Tour de France was on the Champs-Élysées, stage number twenty, I think I'm right in saying, was also on the Champs-Élysées. Take us back to take us back to stage number one very quickly, because you rode the tour with him in two thousand and seven and a few, few crashes. Yeah. It was very obviously a very nervous debut. But then 2008, I think you were expecting him to do what he did in 2008.
2: Yeah, definitely. 2007, he was nervous starting in Great Britain. Expectations were a little bit too high from all of us. and But it was also a learning process, learning curve. And I think that's when he fell in love with the tour. And I have to also say, British riders. I was always impressed by the history, you know, and how they come up with things I never thought about. It's like race in Italy everywhere, but calf Bradley especially, is like knowing everything behind the scenes and uh, the history, the names. And then 2008, he just went on. It's like we we knew it's going to happen. and um, We had to push on to make it happen in Chateauroux. That was the first stage win and took us till the final 50 metres to make it happen. Was Gerald the last rider to swing off that day, was it? Tulek, was
0: it? Yes, he oh, he was. Was. He was. I remember watching it, yeah. yeah.
1: Brad, let's just put it in a bit of context to fast forward let's to today. Stage, stage win number 34 of the Tour de France. Back in October at Gent-Wevelgem, we saw Cav in tears thinking that was going to be his last race what a way to bow out for the greatest sprinter already back then that the sport has ever seen now that he's equaled Merckx's record with stage win number 34 yeah. I think it's fair to say that even one stage win at this tour would have been spectacular yeah, yeah. and and unexpected no I think from where he'd come from
0: the last couple of years you know what he'd been through in his life you know I mean it's not been well documented because it's very personal I think but you know he's struggled with a little a loss of identity a little bit because his whole in an, you know his whole ego in a good way you know he's, we all have egos but his sporting ego was built around his identity as Mark Cavendish who's a winner he's a winner through and through that's all he lives for all the sacrifices he makes in his life is to win bike races not to finish second or third and he doesn't just win for Mark he's winning for his teammates and his family and everything it means more to him that he wins for everyone around him than himself he's not a selfish winner is he burning at all? Never, ever. I mean, like he's, his winnings for everyone. Yeah, hard to handle, but. And then when he's not winning, he's up, you know it's it's not because I'm not winning. Mark Cavendish, his ego. It's I'm sorry, guys. It's for everyone else. That's what he's like, isn't he? I mean, you spent a lot of time around him. That's what
2: he's. Definitely, he's that man. You can have an arguing argument with him. You can fight with him, but he will come back to that moment. Is like. We all know we're working for this day and he's the first one who's going to say thank you to the mechanics and everyone on the team, not just the teammates. He's going to go around making his tour and just going to live up how much he invested. But he also always remembers how much everyone else in the team put in to make it happen for him. He won't be sat there tonight
0: thinking... I've equaled Merckx's record. He'll be pleased that he's won four stages and that Morkov got second today and that he's won four stages for Patrick and the mechanics are happy and the, that he delivered for the team, the work they've done. And he'll be happy that he won to pay Tim De Klerk a crash back. That'll be his first thought. He won't be sitting there thinking, yeah, I've won Merckx's record. It's, it'll be for everyone else.
1: He'll put everyone else first. Tim De Klerk uh, crashed, but then battled on, on his own um so usually you'd see him uh, in the in the closing stages helping cav being part of that sprint train making sure delivering him to the point where he needs to he needs to be to take the stage he battled on bravely made the time cut today um so he he will we hope help cav through the mountains now michael morkov you mentioned there coming in second yeah. that shows you just how strong morkov was i mean he soft pedaled in that those closing 50 metres. he could have taken the stage
0: yeah well, that shows how committed he is to Cav. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. Show, show, shows incredible. It mean, shows you the team spirit they've got yeah. there as well. I, I mean, just a, br- a brief sort of word on but lots you-
0: of the, Cav has always been praised of, of his teammates, you know. You know, Cav can't do it on his own. And he's seen that the last few years, you know, with the people he's had around him. But even in the high road days, there was how many stages could Renshaw have won?
1: <laughs> Definitely. Because,
0: you know, Cav, Cav has been blessed with great teammates as well, mm.
1: which is why he praises them so highly. Well, Renshaw famously came second on the Champs-Élysées, didn't he? Yeah,
2: exactly, yeah. yeah. And I also was just thinking, like, imagine Murkoff would have rolled him on the line. <laughs> that would have made the news too.
0: <laughs> well, Philipson was coming quick, wasn't he?
1: Jasper Philipson coming in third. Let's just hear how Carlton Kirby called it for us on Eurosport and GCN+.
0: And here it
3: comes, it's a very, very big right-hander, it kind of phases into it, and this is a big one. You've got to be in a good place here, and if you've got the luxury of having a couple of lead-out train uh, men in front of you, why not have three, for goodness sake? That's the luxury of Mark Cavendish as he hits the flam Rouge right now. This is not the finishing straight, repeat, not the finishing straight. We've got two big turns still to come, and there's a major one at 600, and here comes uh, colbrelli the Italian champion, spearing up the center of the road, making a bully uh, nuisance of himself at the moment is, the, is Connor Swift, he's got to, Nassabuani on his back wheel but Mark Cavendish is still in the bird seat for the time being. for yes, Stuyven's in a very good place and here is that uh, that turn at 600. There's another one to come don't forget with about 125 to go. They still cannot see uh, the uh, the line as it stands and here comes Colbrelli. It's a, it, it's a mosh in there and suddenly Mark Cavendish finds himself with a hobo in the train and that happens to be uh, uh, Nassabuani for the time being. DSM and Tace ball are still very much involved. Where's Mark Cavendish? Boxed in for the time being he's refound himself right now and he's going to have to go solo is he oh big turn now coming and this is only with about 125 to go and here we go it's now or never for Mark Cavendish they've picked it up and gone for it García's in the way at the moment Philipson's getting involved and here comes Mark Cavendish it's coming up to the line is he going to get there oh i think he has i think he has done it he has got there that was so complicated it took a genius to unpick it
1: Brad Cav's reaction today was that he went deep. You saw how much he left on the road there—220 mm. kilometers from Nîmes to Carcassonne—in yeah. the sweltering heat. He he said he was on the limit there. Following his team in, coming into those those closing few yeah. um, last couple of uh, kilometers, yeah. last few hundred meters, going that deep. How's he going to come back tomorrow? Well, Cav always says. He can't explain to anyone just how
0: damaging doing those sprints is. You're a capacity effort for the last 20k. And it's not just a sprint he has to do. He doesn't get delivered and he's not doing anything to that point. He's, it's the power surges that all constant, constant, constant. And then to deliver at the end, the muscle damage you do, he always pays for it the day after. And even the other last week when I spoke to him on the phone when I was in the van and he'd, he'd had uh, the sprint win, then he had um, a time trial stage, then he had the mountain stage, he said he was on, he was f- yeah. So it just, the muscle damage, because he can go so fast, mm. the, the damage he does to his muscles, he pays for it. And he always struggles the day after a, a win, doesn't he? Definitely. And I think, it, like you said earlier, <laughs> he's going to struggle tomorrow. <laughs> I'm really worried. <laughs> and he has a glass of champagne when he's won and stuff. And he mentally yeah. comes down. And, yeah. and it's hard for him because he's got to pick himself up. It's not an easy job.
1: Yeah. Is the mental come down going to be that much more severe this time around? Because I would imagine, however much Cav says he doesn't, he doesn't think about it, he doesn't talk about it, he, he sort of flat batted the questions about Merckx's record away, uh, now that he's equaled it, And now that he doesn't have to answer those questions anymore, right, he might have one or two about, are you going to beat the record now? Is that a huge weight off his shoulders? And is that emotionally quite the come down? I think so, because I have seen him different in uh, the mix zone
2: after the race, because he's definitely more relaxed. But in those years when he was winning, when you
0: were with him in high road and stuff, how was he always after that? Because I think every stage he wins is an emotional one. He doesn't take it for granted, does he? Every stage he wins. Not a single one. Whether
2: it was number 15 or number 20 or number 25. I've seen him, you know, we have seen him getting a bit cocky at some times, but <laughs> never ever he was like, that was an easy one. or mm. He knew, I can repeat it, he knew also when he came here that after winning the first one, there's more to come. And we could see that. And now it's the pressure the team actually puts on him delivering him perfectly doing all this work and that puts the pressure on him and that's he has to stand up every single day and I think that is the hardest part for him at the moment the racing getting from A to B is not as hard as knowing how much the team is investing for him to make it happen and that's you always wants to stand up this performance
1: and the pressure what they actually do for him if and and I think it's fair to say it's it's a reasonably big if he makes it through the Pyrenees now. Like you say, Bernie, you're worried about him. Not not that we don't think he, he will bounce back and his team will carry him through. You know, for a, for a man like Cav, the the mountainous stages that we've got this coming weekend, they're going to be a big ask for him, right? If he can get through those, is the pressure off a little bit, given that he's got two flat stages still to come? He will make
2: it through the Pyrenees. Yeah. No doubt about that. It's just... I know him, he's he the only sprinter I've seen in my whole life who can do a second kick. And that's what I've seen today when Sayers Ball and these guys went and he had to surge on the wheel of Murkov going around. And it was uh, when uh, Ballerini was, went. So he did his first kick and then he did his second kick to win the sprint. And that's what takes all the energy out of him and really kills him. But tomorrow, for fairness, I had to bring him through the Pyrenees on my own with Renshaw crying on a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got four guys around, five guys even around him. So no, but honestly, I've mm, long time, probably the last time I've seen Calf climbing that world was in 2012 when Bradley won the tour.
1: Yeah. Tw- did I hear you say earlier you've had 27 stage victories? You've played a part in 27 stage victories with Cav? I did a quick
2: calculation for my send up <laughs> after the day, and it was 27 stages, yeah. And yeah. Uh, honestly, going through all the pictures when I was like, how many stages it was there is like brings back so many memories. It's, what was it's the best incredible. one? Was it the one I was involved in? <laughs> uh, I think, yeah. Paris was fing great, wasn't it? Paris yes. uh, world champion, Mayo Jean. And the Norwegian champion, yeah. Eddie. <laughs> yeah. No, and we had it it's like when you know you have it but the Maya Jaune the yellow jersey the leading out the world champion to win on the Champs-Élysées is like it's you can't make it you, you can't script that you yeah. took me to the tunnel didn't you I, I think so I, 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 honestly I can't remember I had too you much did, champagne
1: yeah, you took after me to
0: the tunnel and then um, you dropped me off there and that's when I tapped him on the arse and we, we went past Saxo Breschel and those guys were riding Yeah, that was Brad,
1: a great day. Say, same question to you then You've asked Bernie what was his, what was his best well, for you, apart from the Champs-Élysées. That was the best
0: one to be part of. But yeah. the, the, the most impressive one I saw that I was part of was when he won a couple of days before that, before the time trial, where I think the, the, the brakes still had 40 seconds at the Flam Rouge or something. Something stupid. And we, we, I took the chase up a K and a half to go or something. I, took, I delivered Edvald a K and then Cav had to sprint at 500 out to catch Nico. Roach on the, road, yeah. on the line. And that, that, I think that was, I wouldn't say that was the fastest he was ever sprinting, but it was the leanest I ever saw him because he was getting for the, for the Olympic road race. And he had length in his sprint. His endurance was incredible that year. The first stage he won that year as well, which we didn't really assist him with because we were just like hovering. He had to do it all on his own. Mm. Do you remember that one?
2: Definitely. It was in,
0: I think, Tournay or something. Tourney, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And he wouldn't even stay with me and Eddie. He was just searching wheels and... That's why he's the best sprint in the world, because he can do both, following his no, best no, lead out or searching. Of course, the world tightly one as well. You helped us with that as well, didn't you? Not officially.
0: No, you, that was always not officially. <laughs> you helped us in Copenhagen. You and the two Belarusian mafia that never turned up in London. <laughs> Bernie was a... Bernie was a um, He was our unofficial British (laughs) ex-rider. Anywhere we used to go, Bernie was our British rider. Bernie's here, don't worry. I know he's wearing an Austrian jersey, but he's got a British
1: passport. (laughs) Bernie, on behalf of Great Britain, we thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing came of it, but we we thank you. Brad, that Stage 18 closing down Nico Roche in 2012... There was no, there was no conversation about it. It was just you. Know you ta- no. talked about it that morning, and yeah. you knew you were going to go for we it. We always committed. Yeah, we'd never t- we never,
0: we never change. We the plan for a stage, but we would never give up on the plan. So there wasn't, wasn't said. It was just we ride to the line. I think when Mark was at his best, you just somehow knew that he was going to win. Yeah, he no, was like. I remember watching um, Roy Keane pick his best Man United eleven, and he put um, Rude van Nistelrooy up front. And he said, rude was score goals for fun. And it reminded me of Cav, actually. He says, whenever I saw him one-on-one with the keeper, you knew he was going to score. And that was always with Cav. If you deliver him to 200, 300 metres to go, at a certain point in his career, you just knew he was going to win. You know? Did you feel like that today? Did you feel like he was going to do it today? Um, Maybe not today, because I'm still waiting for something to go wrong. I'm waiting for him to get boxed in or it not quite happened for him or what, you know? And he's getting tired and the whole thing with the skin suit and his shorts.
1: Because everything's gone right for him so far.
0: Yeah, but it's got right for him because he's put himself in that position. Yeah, it's not easy to do. There's no luck involved in it. He's had to do it all himself to this point. The only saving grace he's had is that Caleb Ewan's not here. But I th- it would have been lovely. to I think he'd have beat Caleb Ewan the way he's going because yeah. he wouldn't have had a team to deliver him. Definitely, it's like mm. <clears throat> it would have been a close one. Because Melia, they were saying about mm. the Giro and all that, that he was like he's got this second kick on him and he's incredibly fast. But he's put Melia and that Phillips into bed every time they've tried to go near him. So I wouldn't underestimate how well Cav is going,
1: and it's not because other people ain't here. It's today's sprint for for several reasons the most difficult that he's had to face in this tour. Every tour stage is, I would say, the first one he won was probably
0: the most difficult.
1: Yeah, and then the then the pressure was off.
0: After that, yeah, I think he knows now. He's just got to get to 200 meters. He's, he looks like he's got confidence again now. Confidence, but it's and his also chain keeps coming off every time for some reason. Every time he's frozen, isn't he throws his hands
2: in the That's him. It, it it happens to some of the sprinters, but it, it's also when he does his last pedal stroke and if the freewheel stops and is not doing the same as what he's doing with his paddle then your chain just runs backwards and that's when he falls off that's but that's a whatever people make out of it but it's just a normal (laughs) reaction a bike would do on every single bike so but the the thing is with calf is it doesn't matter how dead he is if you deliver him to the line and he sees that finish line and you bring him there there's no second make place it. for
0: him he's only ever thinking of one thing I've never met anyone like him from that point of view
1: I think the nice thing as well is that it's meant so much to both of you so Brad you had a lovely moment with Cav after, he was, after he was done with his um, yeah, we waited about an hour, podium we? yeah after he was done with his podium obligations mm. um, while we were waiting Bernie sort of involuntary you threw your arms in the air and just that our uh Yes, <laughs> which was lovely. <laughs> Sum up what it was like seeing Cav afterwards today. Him beautiful hugging yeah, it. It was lovely. Him? No, it was yeah. just lovely. I mean, I didn't want to. None of us want to sit there off the back of his reflective
0: glory. Um, but but that wasn't what you were there for. No, I just I didn't seen him the whole race, and um, it was lovely that he came to me and Bernie first, and not the rest of the world's media. You know, because ultimately it was a very human moment. We were yeah. there. We weren't there from a media point of view, although we were doing that job. We were just there because we. Please for him, and it meant a lot. And
1: we've seen, we saw his first, and we now we've seen his thirty fourth. Yeah, Bernie, what, what about you? Talking to Calv afterwards. I mean, you had, you had a job to do as well, which must have been difficult to balance the two things at the same time.
2: I was bouncing up in front of this tally to watch it, it as like uh, as like it's going to get boxed in, it's, it's going to run late. It's like I know him and I know his face when he's absolutely under limit. But when he got it, I didn't even have time. Really enjoyed the moment. It was just still adrenaline, and that's when he said, "When well, uh, I just 10, 15 minutes, uh, probably twenty minutes later, just raised my arms like just yelled for myself, because then I realised, okay, yeah, he did it again, and it's just a release for me. And yeah, still had to
1: interview him, and yeah. it
2: still makes me sweat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I think you were you were yelping for us all. I think that's, that's how a lot of us felt. Cav means a lot to an awful lot of people. He's given us all an awful lot of joy over his career. Well, um, I think that's it. You
0: know, that's first and foremost. That's what, he sort of does it for everyone else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Can we address the Merckx record? Of course we can. Um, so it's, it, you know, it's a beautiful thing matching the record, but he is the first to say that, look, they're, they're two entirely different riders, and you, and you, can't, you can't compare them you can't compare them because but you don't
0: have to compare them
1: yeah. and I don't know who's asking that we should compare them Did
0: you, a lot of it is just stupid journalists that need some sort of column inches Merckx is the greatest cyclist of all time and Cav would be the first to say that yeah Cav is the best British cyclist of all time and the greatest sprinter of all time and and he's in this, up there with the same league as Eddie Merckx now in terms of tally and stage that shows how, how long longevity of Cav's career has been like Merckx's was over many Tour de France's different generations of riders. He's had four generations. We said he went, he was sprinting against McEwen, Pataki, Hushovd, Tyler Farrar, you know, Kittle, now the Caleb Ewan and these younger guys, he, he spanned all these generations of sprinters. I think he was even sprinting against Zabo in Milram days to begin with. And it's more of a case now, is everyone, anyone ever going to beat Cavs record? I don't think another sprinter will. Nope. He's, he's just got to be up there with Merckx. Is anyone going to beat the record of Merckx and Cav? Mm as the greatest sprinter of all time, the greatest cyclist of all time. Mm. And Merckx didn't win in sprints. Well, Merckx won in sprints, but he didn't win all his stages in sprints. You know, compared to the other sprinters, Mario Cipollini, Abdul-Japarov, Jalabel, all these people in the past. Half his stages were time trials, weren't they? Eddie March? Yeah, uh, but yeah. you can only compare to other sprinters. You know? And that's why the record is so great. Because to go through all that cra- craziness and chaos and win four or five stages in every race, it's f-ing hard. Merckx is the strongest in the mountains and would ride anywhere off the wheel and win a stage. Ride everyone off and win a time trial, you know. But Cav has to come for all that all day riding and the focus and come for all the sh- at the end and roundabouts and speed ups and he's done it 34 times. Mm. Talking of speed, and that's hunts. greater than Merckx in that discipline, yeah, for sure. The discipline of sprinting, well, because in a but way, not, he's only not, got a not, third. That's not of... to say he's greater than Merckx, but in the he's he, he's. He's greater than Merckx in the sprinting. He's the best sprint of all time. Yeah. In the same way, for a period, Cancellara was the greatest time trialist of his generation. And, you know, every, the best climber of their generation at some point was Quintana and, you know, and Pantani. And uh,
1: everyone's, there's different segments of the sport, whereas Merckx was like the all-rounder. And I mean, in its own right, Cavs only had a third of the opportunity that Merckx has had in a way, given that you've got to rule time trials out, you've got to rule Mountain stages out, Cav could only go for the sprints, Merckx could, could could go for all three. I think they even had like two stages a day. And yeah, Eddie three Murks, sometimes. And you used to win a two seven stages.
2: So, but I agree with Bradley, Eddie Merckx was the ultimate cyclist out there. And that will, record will stay. You can compare it with to Copy properly and the history they wrote for cycling. But I said to Kev today, we're not going to talk about the record about Eddie Merckx but I think we can call you now and stop the discussion if you are the best sprinter in the world of all time.
0: Yeah he is without doubt.
2: And he said we have to judge it, yeah you are. Mm.
1: Brad, we're fortunate to be sponsored by Zwift, where fun is fast, but it also unlocks performance. Great app, but we use it in very different ways, don't we?
0: We do. I mean, I tend to go on sometimes with my son now um, and just try and keep up with him, really. And it's a way of riding together and, and grouping up with other people, maybe a few people, friends that live in London, if I'm up north or vice versa, because um you know you can't always get on the roads with people i've been on there with matt stevens um, and i've also done some live zwift sessions through le col and caught up with the likes of victor Campenot and fabian Cancellara on it
1: so it's a great tool i'm a big fan of being able to get on there at short notice without having to organize a, a group ride in real life if you like um, and just buzz it around with a, a few mates yeah, there's always someone on there that's willing to ride, even if, you know, it's a good way of making new mates. It is, even if your mates aren't about. There's group rides, a massive community of pros on there. People exactly like, well, exactly like me, exactly like you. And I believe there's some um, Olympic-inspired routes on there, isn't there, Graham? There are. You can explore the Mercury Islands to get you geared up, ready for the Olympics and i believe there's a seven-day free trial available well just in time for the olympics there's a seven-day free trial a special offer find out more download the app today good to put that to bed um can i take you back to the beginning of today brad back on the bike again another absolutely banzai start yeah They, they went from the gun they went hard um the breakaway particularly, but the, the Peloton as well, De we were working hard to control it. Well, it was so a you could wind. kind of see how it was going to, well, how they yeah. wanted it to pan the out wind, today. Yeah, the wind
0: didn't do what it was supposed to do today and there was a headwind most of the day, which um, caused the Peloton to bunch up quite a lot because everyone's trying to move up and it's easy to move up because there's a barrage across the road, but it was, it was a tough stage. Lots of small roads. Every town we went through, there was speed humps and road furniture. The road, there was a big crash which lost Simon Yates today, didn't we? That was gravel on either side of the road. It wasn't a pleasant stage. So again, it wasn't an easy stage for
1: for Cavan the team to control at all. Simon Yates, you mentioned there, he's out. He's um, he rode on, but he's he's dropped out after so many crashes for the the peloton as a whole. I mean, you you can't blame him for for saying actually today enough is enough. I think he was in. We spoke to Matt White. He to spoke finish, to White at the end.
0: He said it was no go. I think it was just. Um, you know, once you get to a point your injury's sustained, you know, this. You know, if you know no bones broken, you can carry on, fair enough. But, I mean, you have to feel for, like, gee, the way he's been riding through this race, you know, he's... Well, he came down in
1: the crash again today. <sighs> yeah, I mean, geez, geez,
0: he's a hard <laughs> genie.
1: you genie. Know? Simon Yates, he would have been targeting a stage win in the Pyrenees, Bernie. Yes, that was definitely his plan, but also coming out of the Giro, I think it's also,
2: at some point, your body, your brain is just like how much can you take more? It's yeah. like you taking a bunch there and there, it's fine. You get back up, you, you try again, and he, he, he tried, but it's just, at some point you're just like, enough is enough, and mm. that's what everybody has to understand. It has been 100% the hardest first 12 days, or let's put it to the first rest day, first nine days, of racing we've ever seen in the Tour de France. It was, like, it was
1: incredible. And Lucas Hamilton also out, so they're two climbers down for the Pyrenees. All, yeah. all in for Matthews now, bike all, exchange. All in for Matthews, but mm, I really like bling, but green really suits well, calf <laughs> Can we see anyone catching Cav? Well, he's 100 points clear now, isn't he? Mm, 101.
0: Well, I don't think so, no, no. And he's got it spot on this year. Well, we got, what day are we on now? Friday, Saturday, are we Saturday, Friday, today? Friday, today, So yeah, we've got yeah. just over a week to go. Yeah. So we've got Champs-Élysées, we've got a time trial, got a rest day, so there's three days. So we got, we've probably got five days of racing left if you take them three off. Yeah. You know, two of them are mountain stages, so you have to wouldn't worry about that. I mean, he's it's, it's, it's
1: there. He's just got to get through the race now. Matthew showed an interest in the intermediate sprint. Cav showed absolutely no interest in it.
0: No, but Cav still followed and scored, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. And he, he's, he's always said that. hoovered just, up what was left. He's just got to score. He doesn't bother. He doesn't push his, He doesn't shoot his load to try and get over the top. Yeah. Uh, Brad, talk to me about the break today. The break? There we go. Nowhere. <laughs> you know, they were dead wood. There were three of them. Headwind. Break. They didn't get many. I think they got about a minute and a half, two minutes, three minutes. Didn't you really get more than that.
1: So it's o- Omar Goldstein. Yeah, um, actually, Sean to be Benin fair to and, him, actually, he was a f- first
0: Israeli to be in the breakaway in the Tour de France.
1: Yeah. That was a big day I, for
0: them.
2: And fair player. I uh, interviewed him after, and he was. He's a lovely just, guy, isn't he? Yeah. He's really a nice. Lovely interview, and it was just. Yeah. It was like he didn't give up. Yeah. He, he still hoped, or like there was. You never know what happens, even the crash, you know, if the peloton slows down or whatever. To get a bigger chance. So that's also the beauty of our sport. Of course, Albus in Phoenix and De Kooning control, but you never know what happens. And it's great that a young rider like Omer still believed we
1: have a small chance. Let's go for it, but a small chance. De Kooning could sort of relax from that point because they, they were just keeping it in control. It was, it was all nice and measured. It was, it was almost like a normal Tour de France stage, dare I say it. And then and then fifty K's came along and then you started to see attacks flying off the front again. And so wow, Van Art we saw go, we saw Mads Pedersen have a crack. We saw your mate Phil Gill as well. Phil Gill. Phil Gilbert. Mm. Um, even he had a crack. Yeah. <laughs> did. did you see any of this from the bike? No. No. <laughs> I was at the front. So I miss all this stuff, you see. You haven't missed much.
0: But yeah. Probably so missing your situation. I can't believe we still racing, Phil.
1: But the three off the front—they, I mean, they were looking for the combativity award today, Yeah, I mean? that's they, what that's, they were going yeah, for. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Can we talk about Patrick Lefebvre and, and, and his the the, the the fact that his call to to bring Cav to the race is, has paid off massively. Yeah,
0: um, but I think Cav sort of made that decision for him by winning that last stage of the Tour of Belgium mm. when he beat the beat all those guys, you know. Okay. And Cav has just been himself and been the consummate professional that he is. And that worked in his favour as the relationship with Bennett broke down. Yeah. Cav never pushed for that tall spot. Cav just kept working away, working away, loved it in the team, was happy. Whenever he'd go to a race, he'd give his best. Um, he'd work for the team at times. Um, he didn't have an ego. I think this year, more than ever, he saw it as a privilege to be in the position he was in. And he didn't He wasn't, He wasn't. didn't feel entitled that, I, I need to do this, you need to lead me out. And the team loved him for that, you know, mm. and he's, that's what, that's, they all love him to bits. And by just being himself and watch the the relationship of Bennett break down and self-destruct almost with, with Blefever, Cav just became the natural, I'm here, you know, the natural selection and, and winning as well.
1: And now he's got stage win number 34.
0: Yeah. And, and to be fair, you know, I wonder whether Sam would have, what Sam would have been like here. Would he have had the same success? Do you think? I probably would have done actually, cause Sam's f-ing quick. Yeah. You know, but no one commands a team like Cav does. You know, Cav's just a natural, naturally lovable. And he, he, he's a real, I've never met, a, I've never been in a team with a leader like him. He is no one that inspires you more than Cav really does there. He's mm. so like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. And I've been a leader and I, I could never be a leader like he was. Even when I was leading the Tour de France, he was still the leader of the team. He would lead out on the road,
1: you know, just call all the shots. He was great. Yeah. Here's one for you as well. We've always backed him on this podcast. We've talked about him a lot when he wasn't doing so well. And people have asked us why are you still talking about him? He's 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 not relevant now. Yeah. And I think well, you you, you, we would we would both say, No, Cav has don't continually been, been re- retired, re- relevant. if retires then
0: you don't underestimate him. And that's typical of cycling, people going he's not relevant. People are relevant. For some reason I'm still relevant. You know, that's why I get asked about doing twenty interviews a day. And I don't understand why. I don't think I am, but I will have an opinion on something and a better opinion than after standing in that press fling on the end there. Because often don't really know. They're the ones after, ones criticising him, and they're all there licking his ass today.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Are you enjoying uh, that at the moment? At the, t- at the tour, I mean, being. Yeah, being, being the, cause, um, yeah I love standing
0: in you... front of that pen today, coming up, giving us a hug, and all them people there that f- wrote him off. Yeah.
1: And now they all want to talk to him. Yeah. Typical. They all make a living off of him. Someone else who is still very much relevant, Marianne Voss powering to win number 30 at the Women's Giro d'Italia yesterday. She's f- incredible. Still as awesome as ever.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I can remember being at the Olympics in 2008 at the track and watching Marianne Voss win the points race there. And I've never seen another woman, apart from Lizzie Armistead, look so aesthetically beautiful on a bike as Marianne Vos. She She's something... And, and to still be competing at that level, you know she's uh, an inspiration to women's cycling mm. and, and to the men as well really because what she's achieved
1: yeah and, and good, should be put up there more with what cav's done yeah well good to see cav mention mention her on his instagram story today yeah that was lovely and, of him, but i think it's also because he mentioned her because
2: Marianne didn't always have the easiest road to mm. i mean people also called her off okay she's not going to win anymore and Marianne at least came back three times already and is going better than ever.
1: Knows it, 30, 30
2: stay twins in Europe, says it all.
1: Knows a thing or two about comebacks herself. Anna van der Breggen leading the GC. We should mention two minutes 55 ahead of her SD Works teammate, Ashley Moorman-Passio. Demi Vollering in third at 3.07. And Lizzie, um, who you mentioned there, yeah. Brad, at, at 5.56, having taken the opening day's time trial. Let's look ahead to tomorrow.
0: Well, uh- tomorrow... I mean, I hadn't even looked at tomorrow because we were so enthralled with today. So we've got <laughs> five categorised... The first categorized. thing Bernie said to me tonight is, Cav's going to f- struggle tomorrow. <laughs>
1: oh, well, <laughs> we, it will. we touched on this earlier, but we've got five categorised climbs, a couple of stay... Uh, sorry, a couple of cat twos in there, 183.7 kilometres from Carcassonne to Cuyang. It's going to be a painful day after today, isn't it, Bernie? Uh, it has breakaway... For, r- for all over.
2: Yeah. It's going to be a painful day because it's going to be hot again. The wind down there it's still going into the hills but not a big mountain so the wind is going to play a role and it's going to take at least 55 60 k still probably i'm wrong like in modern cycling always wrong but it's going to take forever till the group goes yeah. and that plays into the hands of calf because it's a coefficient free so that means that time cut is actually much lower than it would be really for that's the I think the most dangerous days for him, not the real mountain days, the, the days where it's like a half mountain day.
1: Mm. I mean, we've talked about it being a sort of fairy tale script, this tour. The, the, so, the fairy tale in my mind is: Cav makes it through the mountains. He's got more than enough energy to contest that final sprint stage on the Champs-Élysées. But before that, he's got: so we've got sprint stage, time trial, then Champs-Élysées, the last three stages. So, does he take it? Does he go for it? Before the Champs Elysees, or does he potentially go for the record on stage 35? But, uh, sorry, early, stage 35, not, number 35 he's not on the Champs Elysees.
0: The record, he's, he's going for. He's going to. He's just racing. Cavs race. He's racing this race as if there's no record. He's racing it. You know, he's not racing for the record. He doesn't have to back off to try and see get the record on Paris. He could. He's going to try and take every sprint as it comes, and if it pans out like it did today for him, he'll try and take that win. It won't be like. If you if you get too cocky and try and plan it, that it's the perfect. I mean, you'll end up winning both the stages. You know, it's um, when he started this race, it was about winning one stage, and then after that, it was about winning two stages, and then after that, it was about winning three. He's not sitting here thinking right, because I don't think any. I don't think he doesn't operate like that. He's just clinical, and um, the minute you start trying to be cocky and thinking about things like that, I think that's when it all. Yeah, and he's not like that, much. Well.
1: What's it like riding with Mark in the mountains, Bernie? Is it? The <laughs> ass, isn't it's a long day. <laughs> Them two, honestly,
0: they're like a married couple in the mountains. <laughs> shouting at each other. Bernie will be on the front of the gruppetto, setting the tempo. Cav will be at the back going, Bernie! Bernie! And he's like, oh, fing hell, Mark. <laughs> and they were always having these little domestics.
2: Always. it was hilarious (laughs) it it was hilarious at the the same time I mean we had the days when we had a group but the hardest days I think when it was like two or three of us and the third person started looking at uh, at us when we started arguing one riding up the tourmalay on the left side and the other one on the right side and he's in the middle of falling one of the wheels is like what the heck is going on here
0: there's um there's probably, if Strava had downhill records, I think him, Cavan Renshaw, probably have most of the Strava records in the Alps and Pyrenees, because some of the, the speeds, they'd be like 25 minutes down at one top of one. We'd be up the front. We'd be at the top of the tourmalet, They'd be like somewhere else. Should Sean go there 20... We'd get down the other side. They'd be 15 minutes down. If we let the f- they gain 10 <laughs> minutes,
2: honestly, they were like, "I don't know." You tell me more, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh yeah. No, we we had to take it on. It's like we always made sure. It's like you we had g- to go the, fast on the downhill. Uh, yeah, we we got attacked by the rest of the Grubetto, a k from the top because they were like, "We're not going to sit with you because we're going to get dropped in the downhill." So they attacked us on the hill on a, on the mountain to gain at least 30 seconds. So we, when we pass them, they could have at least a little chance to be <laughs> followed, and uh, yeah, it's it's all all about that. It's, it's just uh, there's no moment where you could take it easy in a gratter. You you just have to race. As soon as you get dropped, you know, your brain switches and like, okay, we have you to don't stay it's
0: Just how good his is downhill as well, do they? Oh yeah, he, he's, he's just,
2: unbelievable downhill, and no support from motorbikes. <laughs> yeah. That's what people also never see, but. The front group gets always filmed. When you're in a group out today, there's nobody with you, at least a commissaire that whistles. And if you take one bin, he's, he's, he's already on your back and then calf gets nervous and then it gets, gets loud and then it gets uh, yeah 200 Swiss francs there and 500 is got, it
1: could be an expensive week for weekend for Cav. Who's he sworn more at? Has he sworn more at you, Bernie in the mountains or Brad just, just through you no. being lifelong mates?
0: No, I think he swore more at um, commissars, isn't it?
2: Definitely. But yeah. well, we had our moments when, Cam, when Bradley was in yellow and we were at the back. Can you ride a bit slower in the front? It's like, no, uh, I think they can't because they have to do, they have attitudes at the front there. It's like, do you have any riders of time? Do you remember the Tour of Britain where I got the ump
0: and I rode on the front for about 20k flat out and he was getting really awesome. <laughs> with me?
2: Yeah, I remember. <laughs> then, that. then he got dropped.
0: And I turned around the road and went back for him. You remember that? That was your fault, that. You and Jeremy Hunt. You know what happened the night before, didn't you? Oh,
2: you <laughs> we, we, were ca- before? we were in this carousel there and we couldn't get out. It was this turning bar. It was just, <laughs> just <laughs> wouldn't stop and we couldn't get out. And so it, was, it, it got a bit late, but...
1: You couldn't get out of a turning bar? <laughs> yeah. That's the excuse you're yeah. sticking to, it? It still exists. A nice hotel. Nice bar. Where was it? You I have remember? no idea
0: anymore. Stoke-on-Trent. Uh, Stoke something like that yeah, something like that yeah. yeah Matt Stevens was in the bar actually yeah. Matt will tell you the story
1: <laughs> maybe we'll ask Matt next time he's on um, I'm sure they'll be raising a glass to him in Stoke-on-Trent tonight that's it for this episode of the Bradley Wiggins show by Eurosport brought to you by Zwift find your fun on the cycling app where fun is fast Bernie thank you for joining us thank you yeah thanks Bernie been a pleasure Um, Thank you, Brad. Thank Thank you you to our producer as well, Pete Burton. You can follow Eurosport on Twitter at Eurosport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Download, subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Brad, I think final word has got to be to you today um, or from you today to Cav. If in that melee earlier when you gave him a big hug, after he was done with his podium duties, yeah. if you didn't have the cameras on you and you didn't have the, the microphones in front of you, what might you have said to him? Probably what I
0: said to him tonight when I messaged him.
1: I said, uh, uh, "What
0: did I say to him? I'll read it to what you." said to him. Proud is proud is an understatement, mate. You're truly an inspiration to all of us. All of us. That's what I said to you. Yeah.